We know the big names that are playing well in New Orleans Saints training camp, but what about the guys that no one's talking about? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Big thank you to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, insider information, and much more, head over to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints to join a community that I would love you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast, and of course, every single Monday through Friday and then some here on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Visit birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter the promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You'll see me wearing it during training camp all the time. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're getting ready to head over to the New Orleans Saints facility for practice day 11. Here is a part of training camp. We're officially getting into game week if you will, with the Saints meeting the Kansas City Chiefs for the preseason opener just this Sunday. So we're taking a look at some of the things that are going to impact that game. What do we want to see before the preseason? Who are the players that are fighting for roster spots? And where we're going to start off the show, who are maybe some of the unsung heroes that you're definitely going to want to watch on Sunday? That's where we're going to kick things off here on today's episode of Locked on Saints. And I'm going to give you three names that you want to be watching, whether it be over the course of the the, the practice updates this week or during the preseason game on Sunday. And I'm going to start off, actually, let me just give you the full list and then we'll kind of go one by one. Um, that way I don't short anybody. So the first player is safety Ugo Amadi, who'll be wearing number zero. We've got uh, defensive tackle Nathan Shepard wearing number 93. And then wide receiver Traquan Smith still wearing the number 10. So let's break down why for each of these three, especially Traquan Smith, because I know that a lot of folks kind of write him off. And and I'm look, I'm guilty of this too. I kind of wrote him off as the guy that wasn't going to be ready to go, wasn't going to be able to keep a roster spot this season. But right now, he's kind of undeniably wide receiver four, even though he's currently dealing with the groin injury. There's just not been other young wide receivers or new wide receivers to the team that have stood out thus far. Brian Edwards has had a lot of trouble reeling catches in. He's had some drop issues. James Washington's made some plays here and there during seven on sevens on Sunday. He made a really nice catch over rookie defensive back Anthony Johnson in the end zone uh, from uh, pass from Jake Hayner. So there's a little bit of chemistry there, and I think that will benefit a guy like James Washington in preseason because he'll be playing. Like, we're going to see a lot of Jake Hayner. We're going to see a lot of Jameis Winston in those games. But Traquan's got a really nice connection with both Jameis, which is a pre-existing connection, and then he's developed a really nice connection with Jake Hayner as well. So he'll get his opportunities to stand out. The big thing is, 
is he going to be able to do it in the passing game and really show out? And we've seen it during camp. He's had multiple touchdowns in multiple practices. He's had multiple big catches in multiple practices, whether they be down the field, in the intermediate area, wherever. And he's winning in his one-on-ones, things like that. Like he's looked good, but we've seen this before from Traquan. He's been the training camp stud a couple of seasons, especially his rookie year, but then it hasn't panned out once he hits the field. Is that going to happen again? And how will that juxtapose what happens with some of the other players? Do you want a guy who practices well, but doesn't show up in games like Traquan Smith? If that's, if that ends up being the case, or would you rather a guy that struggles a little bit in practice, but shows up in the games, which could be an AT Perry, for instance. So there's a lot of different ways that this could go. And blocking is not going to be everything for Traquan Smith. So even though he's a really solid perimeter blocker and he's one of the few guys that has some size on this New Orleans Saints offense and in that New Orleans Saints wide receiver room, he's not all said and done just yet. But so far, he's definitely been a winner in camp. Hopefully he can keep that going and watch it translate come preseason. Let's go to Nathan Shepard over on the defensive side. Number 93, the defensive tackle that the Saints signed this offseason from the New York Jets. There were a lot, there's a lot of, I don't want to call it criticism, but there were a lot of question marks about Nathan Shepard coming in, just basically based on like, can he be consistent? Can he consistently generate the pass rush? And so you saw a lot of New York Jets fans do the thing that most fans do when a player leaves their team and go, ah, he was trash anyway, blah, blah, blah. Well, Nathan Shepard is not somebody that you should be writing off as a Saints fan, like they're, like he might be being written off as, you know, by Jets fans. And so when you look at what Nathan Shepard has done so far, that's been really impressive is that not only has he been able to, you know, stuff the run and kind of help them win, the Saints have done a good job winning on the defensive side when it comes to the run game, particularly on the defensive line, which is good because you remember the defense struggled against the, the run game. And I don't just mean their ranking in terms of falling down to 24th in the NFL, but also mean that like they were literally getting moved off the line of scrimmage one or two yards. You can't lose like that off the snap. We've seen the Saints defensive line hold strong here throughout the 2023 training camp thus far, the 10 days that we've gotten. But Nathan Shepard's also showing you exactly what it is that is his brand of football, which is that he can attack as a pass rusher. As a three-tech pass rusher, meaning that he's the guy that lines up between the guard and tackle, uh, he's the guy that's been able to get a ton of pressure and consistently get into the backfield. He's got nice moves. He's quick. He's athletic. He's agile. He's all the things that David Onyemata was but maybe just in a little bit more of a, a sculpted you know, frame and everything. And so you're seeing that from Nathan Shepard, and that's exactly what you want to see from him. I think he's had a great camp so far. And, and of this list, I honestly think, even though he's not the biggest name on the list, the guy that's had the best camp so far out of this trio has been safety Ugo Amadi. He's an undersized guy that maybe you don't think much of when you see him out on the field, although he is rocking the number zero, which always feels really cool when you see it. But He's been a guy that's made plays all over the field. He's had sacks. He's been able to, you know, get into the get in the mix in terms of pass deflections. He's had good moments, really, really good moments in the run game, not just as a safety crashing down and let's say making a tackle at what would be the line of scrimmage or the the second level or something like that. He's come down and made plays in the backfield. He's been all over the field for the New Orleans Saints defense and he has that versatility that you like. He can play safety. He can play in the slot and they've used him a lot in the slot as well. That'll still be Bradley Roby's role, you have to imagine. But hey, if he can back up the slot, that ends up being a huge role for him. The big thing that, that you're going to want to watch is how many safeties do the Saints keep? Because there's already three that are locks on this roster, at least three that are locks on this roster in terms of Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, as well as Jordan Howden. Uh, but, or excuse me, not Jordan Howden, uh, JT Gray. Jordan Howden is making himself a little bit more of a lock. We've watched him creep into first team reps, especially when Tyron or Marcus May are getting 
those uh, rest days, but we've also seen Ugo Amadi. So if the Saints keep five, it seems conceivable to me that that collection of five could be Marcus May, could be Tyron Matthew, could be JT Gray, or will be those three, but then also could be Jordan Howden, the rookie out of Minnesota, and then Ugo Amadi so far is the guy. And I would even say Ugo Amadi and then Jordan Howden. And then, you know, you got to be ready for a potential suspension to Marcus May. So that's maybe where the door opens for guys like Jonathan Abram, Lonnie Johnson, and of course, Smoke Monday as well, who's finally kind of arriving as a defensive player. So I do think that that's good. But Ugo Amadi, far and away, heads and shoulders above the rest of the next level of safety players behind uh, Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, and JT Gray that has made the most plays and that has shown you all the things that he can do. And by the way, he's also shown you what he can do as a special teamer as well, which was one of his big focuses when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. So those are my three that have been winners in camp so far that not a lot of folks are talking about. Traquan Smith, wide receiver, Nathan Shepard, the defensive tackle, and then of course, safety, Ugo Amadi. Coming up next, who's fighting for a roster spot? And you might be surprised to hear not only the people that are fighting to win a roster spot, but the people that are fighting to uh, potentially not lose a roster spot as well. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. It just doesn't get any better than Bird Dogs. I wear them all the time. You see me wearing them outside during camp. I got the hat. I got a polo on the way that I'll be wearing for the show. I am obsessed with Bird Dogs. How many do I have now? I've got two pairs of joggers because they have these great joggers as well that are super easy to move in, super breathy. You can even wear them in the heat and you'll be all right. Uh, Liners, all of that as well. So you don't have to layer up too much in this heat. I've got two of those. I've got five pairs of shorts. Yeah, I got five pairs of shorts, including like their khaki shorts that you can kind of wear out for, you know, your usual like going about your day, but then also the workout shorts and things like that. I absolutely love these. And of course, I have the polo on the way. So if you want to check out all the great stuff that they have to offer, head to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or just use the promo code locked on NFL. For a free white tech hat with your order, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL to get that free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you again to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. I know I'm doing this show in the morning, just, you know, just wanted to give myself a little bit of rest. We've been doing a lot here on the show, and I've been having an absolute blast with every second of it. So today we're kind of looking at a little bit of a combination of like what to preview ahead of this week of training camp, but also knowing that this training, this week of training camp also ends or, or culminates, if you will, in a game at the end of the week. So what we're going to do here next is look at the players that are fighting for roster spots. And a couple of these names on the list, you might think, and I've, I've just got three for you to start us off. But a couple of these guys on the list, you might necessarily think like, look, they, they, they ain't got nothing to worry about. Like this person is in this situation, all that. So let, let's, let's do the same thing we did last time. We're going to run through the list and then I'm going to give you my points on each one. So here's three that I prepared for you. There are more, but here's the kind of three that I think are most intriguing. Wide receiver A.T. Perry, the rookie that the Saints not only drafted in the sixth round, but also traded Adam Troutman away to draft. He's fighting for a spot. Kirk Merritt, the running back, just had a spot open up in front of him that should give him an opportunity to really be able to fight for a spot at a whole new position. So his situation is a little bit different from A.T.'s. And then kicker Will Lutz, which is where we're going to start this off. Now, I think that Will Lutz still has the lead when it comes to this kicker battle between him and UDFA out of Notre Dame, Blake Groupie. 
But Blake Groupie's kind of giving him a run for his money. The two are, are pretty knotted up. I believe Will Lutz is around like 32 of 35. Um, while Blake Groupie's not too far behind that, they've each missed less than a handful of kicks. And I think Will Lutz made his biggest statement on Sunday when he drilled a 62-yarder. Drilled a 62-yarder on what had to be the biggest like, hey, forget about you. This is me. Forget what you heard. It's what you're hearing, right? I'm Will Lutz. This is my role. And when he drilled that 62-yarder, that's exactly what that felt like. That, like. that felt like a statement. And that was a statement that I think Will Lutz and the New Orleans Saints welcome seeing. Like you want to see that. You want to see that confidence that says, yeah, this me right here. Like you're, you're out here, number 19, and you're around and you're doing your thing and everything. And I appreciate you giving me some days to, to rest the leg right? But now the leg is here. See ya. We appreciate you. And so I, I love that. And, and I don't think that Will Lutz thought about it that way, but boy, did it feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you drill that 62 yarder to end your field, well, not to end your field goal drills, right? So he did three in the first session. Then he, then after another set of team drills and after another set of punt drills and all that came back out, did another three. That's pretty customary because they'll do like three at a time and they'll finish around six kicks per game or per practice. Well, that, that 62-yarder was the last kick of the six, but then Will Lutz was kind of challenged by Dennis Allen. All right, now go out there and make another 52-yarder, and which was actually a distance that he had missed earlier in camp. He said, go out there and make another 52-yarder, and then the team doesn't have to run gassers, which is when they just kind of run across the field over and over and over again at the end of practice, which by the way, Dennis Allen has been running every single practice. Dennis Allen, the head coach, you heard that right, has been running gassers back across the field with the entire roster all the time. Part of it was a challenge for Marshawn Lattimore, uh, but it's been cool to see. Like, and you're seeing it from him. Like Joe Woods has been out there. Uh, Darren Rizzi's been out there. Marcus Robertson's been out there. Like you're seeing it actually from a lot of these coaches, but it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, like HBO Hard Knocks, uh, either, what was that last year with Dan Campbell doing the up-downs with the Detroit Lions. Now you've got, you know, Dennis Allen out here running these gassers with the players because he was challenged by a player. Super dope. But, but anyway, sorry, I got off track. Uh, it's just cool to see. Um, Will Lutz kicks that 52-yarder. He goes in. No, hey, they ain't got to run gassers. And what a strategy by Dennis Allen, too. Dennis Allen being like, hey, you go out there and you kick this uh, this 52-yard field goal, and I don't have to run gassers. I mean, y'all don't have to run gassers. So I do think that, you know, he he told us in the, in the, <laughs> the post-practice post presser, he was like, yeah, I was, I was rooting on him to make it. That's for sure. Uh, but I think Will Lutz kind of made his statement. And now he's, it, it kind of created a little bit more psychological distance between the two. And now he's just got to hold on to that going through camp in the preseason. But I do think that preseason is going to be uh, a telling factor. You know, he's, Will Lutz has had some trouble kicking to that, you know, that certain area of the, the Superdome and all that, where the AC is super hot, you know, strong and all that other stuff. Uh, you know, so what's that going to look like between him and Blake Groupie? I think that it, it ends up being a big piece. Um, Let's go in reverse order here. Kirk Merritt. Kirk, actually, no, no, no. We'll go to A.T. Perry. We'll go to A.T. Perry because he, he's, a big, he's a bigger name because he's a draft pick. And so when I mentioned A.T. Perry's fighting for a roster spot, what I mean by that is that I think a lot of people assume A.T. Perry is one of the five wide receivers that the Saints keep. Let's just use five as the, the framework. Um, but right now, it, it's kind of tough to separate him and like Keith Kirkwood, for instance. Keith Kirkwood's got a lot of knowledge of the system. He's looked good here during, during training camp. James Washington is in that conversation. Uh, Lynn Bowden's in that conversation. Like, there are some of these guys that just make it a little bit tough for a rookie to be able to create that distance. But 
So this is where I kind of look at the opposite of Traquan Smith, right? What we were just talking about before, where Traquan has had solid training camps, but then has had trouble consistently turning it on in games. What if A.T. Perry is the other way around? What if A.T. Perry is somebody that doesn't consistently put it together during practices, but we're seeing the confidence build? And I asked him about that, like, how are you feeling your confidence build over the course of you know, these last couple of days where he's kind of stacking moments, not really stacking practices, not really stacking days, but he's stacking moments for sure from different days. Um, what if he goes from stacking those moments to making big plays during games and, and arrives and he's one of those, you know, I, I've been using a lot of theater uh, stuff recently because this kind of feels like rehearsals and everything. So when you go into those preseasons, that kind of feels a little bit like dress rehearsals, like dress runs almost where you get everybody in. There's no audience, but you get everybody in. You got all the lighting figured out. You got all the sound done. You got the set built. Everybody's in costume. And then you're just running the show as it were show conditions, but without an audience. Preseason kind of feels like that, but there is an audience. So I'll call it an invited dress for those of you that know the, know the theater world. And so what if he shows up on invited dress and he's just one of those guys that like, you know, the lights come on and boom, it clicks, you know what I'm saying? And so maybe that's who A.T. Perry is. And if he shows that, then I, I think that maybe he is that fifth fifth wide receiver that the Saints keep or fourth fourth of the five. Like he's in that group of five behind the big three. Uh, so I do think that that's a, that that's a big thing. Um, and then lastly, I mentioned Kirk Merritt. And Kirk Merritt's a little bit of a different thing. While we're talking about Will Lutz fighting to keep a spot, we're talking about A.T. Perry fighting to earn a spot. We're talking about Kirk Merritt because he's got a spot in front of him that he just kind of needs to, it's his to win, right? And it might only be a temporary spot. It might be for the first three games of the season because what we're effectively talking about here is a versatile pass catching running back role for a guy like Kirk Merritt. And I don't want to rule out Ellis Merriweather either. He had a nice pluck with one hand, uh, you know, at the front corner of the front pylon of the end zone yesterday and everything like he's made some plays too. Uh, and he's a natural, good, big runner. So I do think that that, that fits in 35 or um, uh, Ellis Merriweather's favor. So I'm used to writing down my notes. Uh, but Kirk Merritt, like he had a great preseason last year. He had that big 50-something yard kick return. Uh, he had a couple of other big moments as a receiver and it's, or, or one or two other big moments as a receiver. But now you're looking at him transitioning from receiver to running back. And what if the Saints want another Ty Montgomery-like player in their offense, then all of a sudden Kirk Merritt's that guy. And even if they don't want that, they want another Alvin Kamara-like player that can catch out of the backfield, then who better than the, than the transitioning wide receiver uh, that you know can catch passes? So I do think that Kirk Merritt, the Destrehan native here from the New Orleans area, has a real opportunity ahead of him to actually sew up that roster spot. And what will be interesting is, is that roster spot there for him for the first three games and that's it? Or do they carry enough running backs like they've done in the past where they've had, you know, their three deep at running back, but then also had this extra piece like a Ty Montgomery who can help at wide receiver and who can help at running back? Is that the plan for Kirk Merritt? along with keeping a fullback like Adam Prentice or Jake Vargas, though I do think that it's still going to be Adam Prentice. So interesting, interesting to see. So that's my three that I think right now we're kind of watching in terms of fighting for roster spots. They're not the only ones, but just three for the show. Ugo Amadi, Nathan Shepard, Traquan, or excuse me, Ugo Amadi, Nathan Shepard, Traquan Smith were our unsung winners. A.T. Perry, Kirk Merritt, Will Lutz, reading off the wrong list. Those are those guys. Now, what do we need to see before the preseason begins? And we all know this one starts and ends in the trenches, particularly on the offensive side. We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off. 
And FanDuel is giving you a very, very exciting chance to win all season long on basically one bet. Because right now, if you head over to FanDuel.com, you can bet on a Super Bowl winner. Okay, you pick the Super Bowl winner. But then after you pick that Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets for every time that they win during the regular season. So let's say you pick the New Orleans Saints and the Saints win, let's say, 10 games this season. Every time that they win, you get bonus bets for all 10 of those wins. Then you can take those bonus bets throughout the season, after the year, however you want to do it, and you can use that on spreads, on player props, on over-unders, and much more. How cool is that? What a great setup by FanDuel. So if you want to go check that out, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning those bonus bets right away with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Let's get it. Hoodat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at what we want to see before that preseason game. What else do we have left to learn or to be assured of, whatever it might be? Appreciate you as always for being here, making us your first listen of the day every day. Let's get to my list here. So I got two things that we're looking for here. First of which, it's kind of three, but I I combined two of them. Uh, But the first of which is offensive line consistency. So that would mean the offensive line's ability to perform consistently, but also just personnel consistency. We've seen Cesar Ruiz out. We've seen Ryan Ramchek, you know, getting veteran days. We've seen Andrews Pete out. We've seen James Hurst getting vet days. We've seen Trevor Penning, you know, getting rest days. We've seen, you know, Eric McCoy getting all like, so it's just been tough to kind of piece together. I'm wondering if before we get to the preseason game, do we start to see more of a first unit, second unit, third unit in practices? Maybe that doesn't start until Wednesday when they get into maybe the flow of an actual practice week at that point. That might be the way that they go about it then. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see that because then you start to build the consistency and the communication amongst those lines that are, are, are linemen that are going to be playing together as a line in those preseason games where that communication kind of needs to be there, all that. So I do think that that's something that maybe we're watching out for come Wednesday. But even today, when we get out there, just what about the consistency of the performance? Like, can y'all start to counteract a little bit of what this New Orleans Saints defensive line has been putting on you? Like, can you start to bounce back a little bit and show that? And I do think that, like, look, The Saints offensive line wins just as much as the Saints defensive line wins. It's just that when the defensive line wins, it's bigger, it's louder, right? Like when the offensive line wins then the play just happens the way that it's supposed to happen. And then if the offensive line wins, we don't talk about the fact that the offensive line won. We talk about the fact that Derek Carr and, you know, Chris Olave connected in the intermediate area on a play action, right? We talk about the, we talk about the results of the play. We don't talk about what led to the results of the play. So I think you're seeing good things in the offensive line. That's why when I got the question the other day during the live show about like, hey, are you worried about the New Orleans Saints offensive line because of how good the defensive line is playing? It's like, no, because the defensive line, every time that they make a play, it's a highlight because they stop the offense. And so we all write about it, right? We all write it down. Oh, 93 with the pressure, 94 with the pressure, all that other stuff. When Derek Carr completes a pass to Chris Olave, we write down that Derek Carr completed a pass to Chris Olave and this player was in coverage and this was the route, but we don't write that the offensive line gave him five seconds to throw the pass. We don't write that the offensive line stalemated the entire defensive line. We talk about Derek Carr completing the pass. So it just kind of gets glossed over. That's why I'm not too worried. And I'll get better at that. Like, I'm going to try to change that a little bit in terms of at least my coverage um, and talk a little bit more about, hey, the offensive line bought him the time for this play to develop, right? And uh, so you start to hear that a little bit more in our live shows. But I do think that you still want to see a little bit more consistency and, and consistently and you still want to see a little bit more louder. And probably that, that consistency amongst the personnel would be good to see as well. All right. Now, the second piece uh, is that 
is really two combined things, and it's depth at two, two positions. On the offensive side, wide receiver. On the defensive side, linebacker. So what you're going to want to see over the course of this week is who stands out and really going into the preseason game. Like the preseason game will be part of this as well. Same thing for the offensive line. It will be a lot louder if the offensive line is winning or losing during that preseason game, uh, which won't be representative of the 2023 regular season, but it still gives you an idea of how the depth is doing. I think you're looking at the same thing here when it comes to wide receivers and linebackers. I'm going to mostly focus on linebackers, but I'll say this about the wide receivers just to kind of put a button on it. When we talk about people like Traquan Smith and A.T. Perry that are, you know, unsung winners fighting for roster spots and things like that, that's part of what we're looking at, right? That's the wide receiver depth thing that we're talking about. So who begins to separate themselves in this practice week and who begins to separate themselves or maybe continues to separate themselves during the, um, during the preseason games? Linebacker is such an interesting position because they lost to Andrew Dowell. They've had Demario Davis out for, you know, he had the, they, they held him out of practice on Saturday. Then he, then he wasn't at practice yesterday on Sunday. I doubt he'll be at practice today, but we'll see. Like I could understand holding him out, especially with tomorrow, Tuesday being a day off. Like just give him, give him the rest of the week off basically. And then have him come back in for the practice week. But we haven't seen them add any linebackers in, in free agency. You know, when Trey Turner went down, they went out and they got another guard. When, um, you know, when they lost another offensive lineman for a little while and moved on from another offensive lineman, they brought Coda Martin back. They added Max Garcia when they lost Billy Price. When, um, you know, uh, uh, Eno Benjamin went down with him to his injury, they brought in a running back at least for a tryout. They didn't sign him. They signed uh, former LSU wide receiver and playmaker John Trey Kirkland instead. But that could be because they've been without Traquan Smith and Rashid Shaheed for the past couple of days. Uh, you know, so we're seeing a lot of that to where like there's an injury at a position and then they go out and they bring in a player at that position. We did not see that at linebacker at all. Andrew Dowell goes down for the season. No additional linebackers there. So they've been still working with guys like Ty Summers and working with guys like um, like Nephi Sewell and uh, DeMarco Jackson and all that. So clearly they feel good about the players that are back there, but it is curious. And so if you feel good about the players that are back there, then like we're, we're ready and raring to see it. So what we're seeing a lot of right now with DeMario Davis out is DeMarco Jackson in and DeMario Davis's spot. He and Pete Werner playing as the nickel linebackers, and then um, Zach Bond coming in as a strong side linebacker in those three linebacker sets. And then we're seeing like Nephi Sewell and Ty Summers and, and, uh, and, and, and others that end up you know, cycling in and, and trying to make some of those plays, and, as well as like Nick Anderson and Anthony Orgie and the, you know, the UDFAs. And all that. So clearly they feel good at least about the numbers that they have there, but what about the talent? I think that that's something we're waiting to see really stand out over the course of the next week. So. Um, wide receiver depth, linebacker depth, definitely watching offensive line consistency, both in terms of performance and personnel eventually is the other part that we're watching just to get a clearer idea of like first unit, second unit, third unit, especially with those preseason games on the way. All right, y'all coming up later on today, we'll be live here on the Locked on Saints YouTube page. And then very quickly after the show will be published everywhere on podcasts as well to update you and get you all caught up with day 11 of New Orleans Saints training camp here on uh, Monday, August the 7th. I told y'all I was going to get a little mushy. I won't take much time with this. You can completely stop listening right now if you want to, but I just want to say thank you. Um, I've had some moments throughout these last couple of weeks that have kind of reminded me, especially being back home here in New Orleans, about how life used to be versus how life is now and me getting to do this thing that I love and being able to talk to people and see people that enjoy the show. People have told me some touching stories about how the show has impacted them. So I just want to share that y'all have, that you have impacted me as well. Like you've changed my life um, in a way that I think is, is really good for me. So I just want to say thank you. 
I appreciate you and everything that you do to help me live out my dream. And I appreciate you and everything that you do to continue to support me, which is still wild to me. Like it's wild to me that I, I speak and people want to hear it. Uh, but I'm grateful. I'm very, very grateful that that is, that is the case because I want to speak uh, and I want to speak to you. Uh, I want to be able to speak to my home and, and the people that I know and the people that I love and the community that I've always been a part of and this, this city, this fan base that I've always been a part of and, 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 and in touch with. So just thank you. Thank you very much for allowing me the opportunity to live out my dream. And thank you so much to, for allowing me the opportunity to serve you and to give you what it is that you're looking for every single day, your latest on your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. And I'm grateful that I get to do this with you. Thank you so much, as always, uh, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Let me know if you're an everydayer out there, as always. And of course, I appreciate you so much for making me and this show a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.